You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, <clears throat> welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. It is Friday, uh, and I'm so glad it is Friday. It's Friday, December 2nd. We're just 23 days away from Christmas and uh, spending some more time with our family and friends. Uh, I'm glad we made it to the weekend. Uh, we have a fantastic, awesome show planned for you today. Allie Beth Stuckey, uh, host of Relatable on Blaze TV. She's going to close out the week for us here uh, on this show. We'll spend some time getting to know Allie Beth and uh, her point of view and perspective. She is my favorite uh, personality on Blaze and honored to have her uh, cap off our week and end today's show. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to hear from some fearless soldiers, uh, Royce White and Delano Squires. Royce is going to help me talk about uh, Kanye West who's uh, back in the news, and Delano's gonna help me talk a little bit about Kanye, a little bit uh, about our conversation yesterday about Jerry Jones and LeBron James. Uh, it's going to be an awesome, fantastic show. I'm, I'm, I don't wanna make excuses. Not at my best. I got this coat on, I got this hat on, uh, because, oh man, you know, I thought I shook it last week, uh, but jumped back on me just a little bit, so, not 100%, but trust me, your boy is going to deliver for you today. And uh, these fearless soldiers, Delano, Royce, Ali Beth, uh, they'll carry me uh, if I can't make it. So anyway, fantastic, awesome show. Uh, I want to first uh, take care of our good friends and tell you guys about uh, a great special that our good friends at Good Ranchers have been offering you all week. Have you ever received a counterfeit gift? <laughs> I have. One Christmas, I got this really nice watch as a gift, and I wore it and was thinking it was legitimate, only to have one of my friends tell me it looked like a counterfeit. Mm. I had it checked out, and it was indeed fake. The watch was a huge lie. This story is even a lie, <laughs> actually. Just like the counterfeit meat you're buying and gifting this year, which is why you should buy from Good Ranchers instead with a majority of online meat companies and grocery stores selling imported, low-quality counterfeit meat this year, you can't give a gift of tasty meat confidently unless you're getting it from Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is a sure way to give 100% American USDA prime and upper choice cuts of beef, chicken, and seafood. Plus, you can give the gift of a subscription and look lock in someone's price for them the entire year. I don't know about you, but an inflation-proof meat budget beats a new pair of socks for me and most sane people. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com and use the code FEARLESS at checkout for a $35 off your delicious gift of meat. 
If you know someone that likes meat, then you know someone who will love Good Ranchers. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com and find the perfect box in the curated selection of America's best meat and seafood. Give the best meat in America. Support local U.S. farms. Get $35 off with my code FEARLESS today. Avoid counterfeit meat this Christmas with Good Ranchers. American meat delivered. Think this through, guys. You got to give a gift. It's Christmas. You want to make people feel special. Think about this. You can give a gift and also support the Fearless Army, support a sponsor that supports our way of life, our way of thinking, our worldview that supports us. So you can give a gift, make someone happy, inflation-proof their meat, but also support your way of life. What could be better? Go out and buy a pair of socks. Maybe they're made in China. Give them to somebody. Or give them something that you know they're going to use. Everybody's got to eat. Everybody loves meat. Everybody loves steak and chicken and seafood. Give them some good ranches. Use my promo code FEARLESS. Take care of them. Take care of yourself. Take care of this country by supporting good ranches. All right, uh, Royce, uh, let's roll out to uh, Minneapolis and bring in uh, our man Royce White, who's been busy this week with the Fearless Army. Royce, appreciate you coming back. It's maybe your third day in a row. Uh, I, you know, I took the hat. You took the hat off. I put the hat on today. Uh, I need your help because <clears throat> the whole Kanye West thing is is a lot for me. What, what what's going on with Kanye West is a lot for me. I wasn't at my sharpest yesterday or this morning to even follow everything. I didn't get to watch the full uh, Alex Jones interview. I do, I do, before, I do want to play a, a taste, a little selection of, and, and I think, uh, Justin, help me out here, play a couple of clips from Kanye yesterday on Alex Jones. Here, he, there's one of him defending Hitler, and then there's one of him talking about Bus uh, Balenciaga. Let's play those two clips back to back, and then we'll get Royce's reaction. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I I see I I see good things about Hitler. Also, the Jew. I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love, um, you know, us, and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts, and you can love what we're you know what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician. You can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good, and I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. Balenciaga, though, you were going to, I mean, just overall, what do you, because obviously you were with a lot of fashion brands, and now all the stuff's come out. It's almost like they did this on purpose as a PR stunt. I think so. You know, I'm friends with the head designer, uh, and I believe that it was a setup. I think it was a hit job. And now all of a sudden, everyone is so outraged and focused on Balenciaga, but then we're still aborting our kids. We're still fornicating. We're still, um, we're still killing each other. We're still listening to music that promotes that. But, oh, we don't, we don't wear Balenciaga now. <laughs> Shut the hell up. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, 
What are you doing? You're throwing stones. Oh my God. But you know, our moral code, we just, we just cheated on our wives. We just, we just fornicated. We just had threesomes. We just bought some sex on Instagram. We just sold some sex. We used sex to sell a product, but we don't like Balenciaga. Shut up. Shut up. I'm throwing the tablets right now. Shut up. Instagram is about prostitution and everyone involved in any version of the sex business is as bad as the pedophiles. So everyone shut up. So <clears throat> he's saying a lot. Uh, he's being intentionally provocative. Uh, he's wearing a mask, I, I, you know, which makes me, does he even want to be taken seriously? Uh, I, I, he's been booted off or suspended from Twitter yesterday. I, I felt like Elon Musk perhaps did him a favor yesterday by uh, temporarily suspending him uh, because I do think Kanye needs to unplug. I don't see this, from my understanding, it was a 12-hour suspension or whatever. Uh, I actually think there was some compassion in that because he seems consumed by bitterness and a desire to draw more attention to himself than to actually be heard, than to actually be understood. And, and that's troubling, but help me out here, Royce. What, what, what did you see? What did you hear? When we're talking about Kanye West, <clears throat> I think we're talking about three distinct people. We're talking about Kanye West, the brilliant musician, the brilliant artist, the the the, the rapper, um, the fashion designer, and and the pop culture pioneer. And then you have the emerging politician or the, or the religious spokesperson. Um, and finally, you have a man who uh, struggles with a bipolar mental health disorder and is going through a very public and rough divorce uh, and that is that is deeply connected to a bunch of um, people who we could categorize as uh, <laughs> immature, immature to say the least. Um, you know, Kanye has many good qualities, many good qualities, but he's not ready to be the president of this country. He's not ready to be the president of this country. And more importantly, he's not ready to lead a conversation that unpacks what is at the center of the way our society is organized. And, and that is this conversation that he has tripped himself into. The conversation about blacks and whites and Jews and the history of Africa, the history of Europe, World War I, World War II, racism, religion, all of this is at the heart of how our organ uh, of how our society is organized, uh, which culminated in the post-World War II democratic liberal order and still organizes us to this very day. Um, so, you know, I think Kanye has contributed some incredible insights to the discourse, especially for black people as it pertains to ownership and and creative control and and even beyond that. And and to acknowledge that, to agree with some of that is not to endorse everything Kanye West says or does. But I do think how he handled this situation yesterday on Alex Jones uh, wasn't right. What he said wasn't right. And it wasn't right on a spiritual level. It wasn't right from a strategic standpoint politically. And that's a separate discussion. But it wasn't right on a spiritual level. Right. And I don't think he should be censored. I don't think he should be canceled. I don't agree that Elon Musk suspended him. It's a sign of the same stuff we've seen at Twitter before, which I caution towards. Don't get gung ho about a man coming in and giving you false gifts. 
But I do think that what he said was wrong because when you when you talk about a 2000 plus year uh, history that organizes our entire society, there's a level of seriousness that should come with that. And when you wear a mask and when you use the tone that he used that was casual and playful and and in any in many ways um, lacked any temperance or prudence, um, you, you know, you're, you're just not you're just not serious. And these are serious issues. You said several things that I completely agree with, that he's he's trying to provoke a very important conversation, but he's giving everyone an out not to engage in that conversation and to even demonize that conversation. Well, you know, if we have that conversation, then you're going to legalize people to say the kind of things Kanye is saying about, you know, he loves Hitler or likes Hitler, especially Hitler, what, whatever he said. And look, there's a thread of, of Christian love that he's trying to unpack of, of, hey, Jesus saw good in everybody and God loves everybody. But, but he's also leaving out that God does not like evil and he, he commands us not to like evil. Yeah. And 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 he needs to think about that. And that's some of the things he's particularly as it relates to Balenciaga and the sexualization and the exploitation of kids. And, and so when I hear him start trying to defend Balenciaga, uh, I, I hear some all oh, no. he, He's trying to serve money, not God. Clearly, there's some there's some financial purse strings still attached to his ex-wife and himself as it relates to Balenciaga because there's just no defending the sexualization of young kids. And so this is what I've always believed about Kanye is that he's in this war that we're all in, but his war uh, is, is more pronounced, more vicious, more intense of good versus evil that's within all of us uh, and trying to distance yourself from a demonic world and live righteously. Well, he's got all these financial pressures. He's they've making him fall in love with the fame. They've hooked him up to social media and all that dopamine. And so he, he's trying his best to to get away from that. But he's realizing the consequences of getting away from that are really much steeper than perhaps he realized and more painful than perhaps he realized. And, and so he's, he's cracking up, man. It almost, to me, I came away from that yesterday like, I'm not sure if this guy really wants to live. And, 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 and I, I say that with a lot of sadness and, and you know, want to pray for the guy and have actually you know, asked God to intercede on his, in, on his behalf, help this dude. Let, let me do my best to try and pick apart what Kanye said in detail, and I do it at my own peril, right? We all we all venture into this part of the conversation uh, with the risk of our own demise. And there is something biblical and Christian that resonates about laying your life down in the pursuit of truth, justice, or or, or to, to to sacrifice oneself for God. Um, so so that that should always be acknowledged. 
let's get into what he said specifically, because we have to be specific. I love Nazis. And I just want to deal with the two headlines because the, the headlines are, are, you know, they were, I, I think they get the headlines right in many, in many ways with this story. I love the Nazis. Now there is a Christian justification for this. It can be said in a Christian sense, although I didn't get that spirit from Kanye and he didn't qualify it in that manner in the context of the flow of the interview. And that is important. The way people talk about things we should take from, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't count them in totality by the way they say things in the moment, but it does bear on, on how we perceive or hear what somebody has to say. And it didn't have a Christian ethos to it. It wasn't a, and in the Bible, it says, Love thy enemy like I love, like you love yourself. And it even tells us to bless those that curse us, those that dis, that despitefully use us. So there is a Christian uh, um, sentiment in there. I don't think he was using it that way. That's my personal opinion from listening to it. And he, here's the bigger, the bigger one. And this, this goes into the history. And this is why I felt compelled to, to talk about Kanye today. The, uh, the accomplishments, the accomplishments of Hitler, the accomplishments of Nazi Germany. All of us have been taught a history away from this entire controversy where the spotlight's on and every single thing somebody says is wound up and, and put on blast. All of us have been a taught a history where the economic and technological accomplishments of Germany and Nazi Germany have been acknowledged. They've been acknowledged in our textbooks. They've been acknowledged in documentaries about World War One, World War II, so on and so forth. We have acknowledged the accomplishments of the German Nazi war machine from a technological, economic, and even political standpoint. I wouldn't qualify those things as great. I wouldn't say those things are great. They're great if you're a technocrat. They're great if you're a radical materialist. They're great if you are obsessed with worldly, fleshly things. They're great if you have a, a threat of evil in your spirit. They're not great in the eyes of God. And that's very clear. Okay, these, these accomplishments should not have been qualified as greatness. But in this, you see what I have hearkened us towards for many months now. And this is the the three-headed hydra of the post-Enlightenment Renaissance philosophy, liberalism, communism, neoclassicism. Kanye West is a technocratic neoclassicist. This, the, the neoclassicism was the affinity for the arts, for architecture, for music, right? Uh, and, and, and the people that, that were the progenitors of those things. It's, it's sort of an obsession with that. This is who Kanye West is. This is why when you throw him the football about where we should go in the world, he kicks it to Elon Musk and says, hey, let's just put it in Elon Musk's hands. Now Elon Musk is suspending him for Twitter for his own views. This is the lack of discernment, the lack of understanding of history, the lack of, of philosophical and ideological maturation that should caution us about our leaders. And, and, and again, I say that because there are many things that the Germans did that you could quantify as being accomplishments within the context of mankind's history. But I would never qualify those things as great because a person's spirit, a person's intent, a person's motive, a person's heart, a person's agenda 
all comes to bear on the final analysis of what it is that they contribute to the world. If you're a Christian, and this is where Kanye West's Christian faith shows true lacking, a significant lacking that, in my opinion, does counts discounts him from the leadership that he says he's worthy of. What you're talking about, he's very immature in his walk or I mean, that's the positive spin on it or he's faking it and is really in on the demonic cult still. Uh, Well, you know, let's go there, because what I took away from last night as a rising figure in the political domain that that has ambitions to pick up the mantle and stand in the podium where you can get shot and you can get your head blown off in a convertible on national television in front of the entire world for talking about these institutions. As somebody who has those ambitions, I walked away from that interview scared, worried, fearful, because what I understand is that either Kanye West is in on it or Kanye West has many forces around him that are influencing him that he does not understand. And, and, and this is why, you know, I'm questioning everybody right now. I'm just going to say that with full transparency. Everybody's in question. The only person I trust is myself, number one, God, Jesus, myself, and you for the most part. I'll, I'll give you that. But as far as the spirit and, and intuition of all of these political figures, everybody's in question now. This is the double cross and the triple cross. I cannot for the life Let of me Let me go understand. a step further then. I want to make you uncomfortable perhaps a little bit. Go. Because if I'm hearing you correctly, because it is a feeling that I had as well yesterday. It's like, what's Alex Jones doing? This man is... Why are you interviewing this dude in a mask? Why? And this went on for three hours and 30 minutes. Because, again, if, if, if let's say I was interviewing Kanye West and he had a mask on. It'd be a very short interview. Hey, man, you're going to either take me seriously and this platform seriously and get this mask off. And then once you start saying all this dumb stuff, I'm going to wrap up the interview. I'm not going to assist this man in his suicide and or demonic plot. Uh, and so I, 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 I come away from that interview question like Alex Jones, what are, you, are you really this thirsty that you needed to televise Kanye's uh, further suicide for three hours and 30 minutes? Let me, let me be clear here. Alex Jones has been doing this for 25 years and they've tried to run the man into the ground and they have effectively in the economic sense ran the man into the ground. $2.5 trillion judgment that's pending on the table against him or being waged against him is absolutely ridiculous. They're asking the man to pay a tab that King Solomon couldn't afford. Okay. It's outrageous. So it's very clear that Alex Jones is a unique target of the institutions. With that said, I know Alex is going through a a great deal of stress in his own life. And I think that in that he has um, he has given up trying to maintain a a certain superficial integrity of his platform. And he's just going all out war against the, the establishment. And I think he genuinely wanted to help Kanye West. Actually, I know that because when Kanye got out here in the 
first couple of days of the last few weeks, me and Alex talked and and he was like, I wish I could help him. You know, I want to be able to get in touch with him and help Kanye, but he, he won't listen to anybody. So that was kind of, you know, the sentiment that I know Alex was bringing towards it. Um, I wasn't talking about Alex Jones. I'm talking about the people. I was, but go ahead. (laughs) I'm talking about the people in the Republican and conservative establishment. Who is Milo? Who is Nick Fuentes? Who is Candace Owens? Who are these people? Who are the Kardashians? Who is Kanye West? Who is Donald Trump? Okay, all of this needs to go back up on the bar now. And let me explain why. Specifically when it comes to Milo, for example, what Kanye West said has some merit that we need to pull out from his presentation. And that merit is this, Operation Paperclip. Let's not get lost on Kanye West saying that he loves Nazis because we as a country love the Nazis. We loved the Nazis and we still love the Nazis. Now, who were the Nazis? That's an important question that we need to answer today. Who were the Nazis? What was Operation Paperclip? Why did we bring 1,600, so they say, could have been 16,000, could have been 106,000, we don't know. Why did they bring 1,600 of the Nazi party's top scientists and political figures, not just scientists, but also political leaders of the Nazi party, why did they bring them into the American government? See, in there, in there lies the moral hazard that undergirds this entire deal. They got nothing to do with Kanye. Kanye doesn't even know about it. That's not the purview of what he's bringing to the table. But I will. I'll ask the question. Why did we, after World War II, when we made it seem like we went to fight for the massacre of the Jews, take the very people who orchestrated it and assimilate them into our military and government? Why did we do that? Why were the people who actually funded the Nazi war machine on the front end from Wall Street then have the ability to reincorporate Nazi science and philosophy into America's government and military? Why? Because we were more concerned with military power, political power, economic power than we were the principal We're the sellouts. Our nation has moral hazard from World War II that we have yet to deal with. You can't send me off on some blank mission or some side street about Kanye West making some silly off-the-cuff remark with a mask on to get attention from a theatrical career that he's always lived up to and, and distract me from the truth. Who were the Nazis to begin with? Who was Adolf Hitler? He wasn't German. He was an Austrian. Who was the Austrian Empire? Who is the crown today? Who is Saxe Coburg? Why was the Saxe Coburg name changed to Windsor at the end of in, during World War I when the Germans and the British went to fight each other? Why does nobody talk about the crown and the monarchy sending British dukes and duchesses across the European across Europe to fill the monarch parts of uh, 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 the monarch positions of other countries? This is the history that we have to discuss because we need to know just how prominent the Nazi mindset, the Nazi philosophy is in our government today, right now. So, and so when I look at a person like Milo, 
who came from Britain and is a homosexual, a reformed homosexual, I start to ask myself, who are these people? Who are these people and why should we trust they are who they say they are? And then you got Kanye saying that his trainer was an ex-Canadian uh, security state officer or, you know, uh, employee. Who are these? See, we at home, we have not yet accepted the level of deception that is that is potentially out there in these issues, implicated in these issues, implicated with these people. You know how you destroy a culture from within? You know how you get revenge on a society that you lost to, that you were defeated by, so they say? You take women. You take women and you tell them that their idol should be a harlot. And you use the internet that came after World War II with DARPA. Don't forget, the internet was created by the military, by the security state, okay? DARPA is the military. This is the type of stuff you get shot for. This is the type of stuff you get your head blown off for saying. DARPA is our military. They invented the internet. You know how you get revenge on a culture? Is you make every single young woman in, your, in the society think that their job is not to nurture and build strong men, but to hedge their political power on being a harlot. And you put an idol out in front of them like Kim Kardashian. Who are these people? That's what I walked away from last night asking myself, who are these people? Where did Von Braun go? Let me give you an example. Kissinger, perfect example. German, intellectual, okay, came from the, who was a, a Jew, by the way, but he was an anti-Jew. And who was his partner? Who was his, who was his uh, uh, you know, uh, co-pilot? Brzezinski, Mika Brzezinski's dad from Morning Mika. Okay, you, you understand Morning what I'm Joe. saying? From Morning Joe, right, Morning Joe and Mika, right. Mika Brzezinski. Brzezinski is the forefather of this entire liberal movement. And you know what's funny about this, Jason? The liberals in this country, they are the Nazis of Germany. We don't see it yet because the genocide has not really started in the way that it did in Germany. But it's the same group of people from a societal standpoint, from a history standpoint, the working class that unionized, they became the bourgeoisie, they cut off social mobility, Okay, they rigged the system and then they instituted a military state to police themselves and their power. What do we have here in America? What do we have here in America today? That's exactly what they've done today. That's exactly what we have in our country right now. We just don't see it because the change they made was we don't have to gas you. We don't have to be that brutal with you. We'll just we'll just put you on a drug. The drug is dopamine. The drug is a psychoanalysis they did on rats where the rats would push a button to electrocute themselves to death if it would give them the dopamine hit in the experiment. The rat would kill themselves to get dopamine. That's who Kanye West is. That's who Kim Kardashian is. That's who they've, that's who they've promoted themselves to be. They, they're not even hiding it. They're right out in the open. And they've conditioned a society of people to be very, very similar, if not a mirror image, a spitting image. How many young black men you see walking around with the mask Kanye West had on? How many young black men were buying Yeezys? How many young black men were, or how many young girls are <clears throat> doing makeup tutorials like Kim Kardashian? There's so many young women looking like Kim Kardashian, I'm thinking they're starting to clone these people. 
we're living in a psyop. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to believe that people are this powerful, corrupt, and, and, and effective. But that's who the Nazis were. And that's what we should be afraid of. I don't care about what Kanye West has to say on the matter. I care about how prevalent Nazism, fascism, neoclassicism, uh, liberalism, communism are right now today in our society. And who's going to lead us out of it? Because these people aren't even serious. Why do they have a bigger platform than you? Why has the system and the algorithm rewarded people such that Kanye West gets to speak on behalf of the future of this country, this great nation? Is that by accident? And we could even extend that to Donald Trump, who I support and think he can do better than a lot of his competition. But he's not ready to talk about these issues with a full throat. If I'm really getting down to it, I would love to get in his ear, too, and pick his brain about who he is. Everybody's in question now. Royce, I got a new nickname for you. Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to call this the uh, Morpheus segment. <sighs> Man, you, you've, you've given me a lot to think about this weekend. A lot to think about. I'm glad we had you Great on. Uh, enjoy Great your work. weekend. We'll circle back to you. Yeah, I'm <laughs> pray for you, me. And everyone that just <laughs> has had their eyes open, their ears open uh, to what you just brought. I'm about to rewatch this tonight and, and marinate and do some more homework. But uh, thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, hey, guys, it's hard to grasp why anyone <clears throat> would keep voting for record inflation, skyrocketing crime, and an open border. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with the big carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to show you why you should trust them. Right now, when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, get your third month free, plus get free activation. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 5G and 4G networks and use the same towers as all three of the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Jason or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. If you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values, support a company that does. Make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation. PatriotMobile.com slash Jason. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Jason, or you can simply call 972-PATRIOT. All right, if you want to send me uh, feedback, email, you want to help me uh, understand everything that uh, Royce just broke down, hit me at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Uh, Delano Squires, we just went deep with Royce. Now we'll go smart with Delano. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome back. Uh, Let's roll out to D.C., Get a little smarter uh, on today's show. Uh, Delano Squires joining us. Uh, Delano's written a column about uh, LeBron James and Jerry Jones and all that and Richard Snip. Uh, but Delano, I want to start by talking about you know what's in everybody's news cycle, what's been dominant. Delano, man, my God, you starting to dress sharper and sharper on this show, <laughs> and I'm looking like a bum over here. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. What happened to, all good. on Fridays? You always usually have your jean jacket on, and uh, Jason, I mean, that wow. jacket died two Wait, days you, ago. Jason, he, he's gone. She's gone. <laughs> gone. I had, to, yeah, I had to put her down. So, oh, what, what you, you you running for president or what, man? I mean, nah, 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 nah. Just you know, trying something different. You know. All right. All right. Well, anyway, let's talk about Kanye West, who. Yeah, allegedly is running for president, but I, oh he may be running straight to hell instead. <laughs> uh, what did you, you know what, I want to play this clip of okay. Kanye talking about pedophilia, uh, and, and then I, we, can talk, we don't have to talk specifically about this clip, but I just want to give the audience a more of a broader taste of the kind of things Kanye was saying yesterday. Let's play the clip. You know, like one of the big topics right now is all of the pedophilia advertisement. And my take on that is, you know, there's there's one place in the Bible where it says God sees sin differently. And there's another place where it says, uh, you know, let me get out my phone. I can like really pull up the exact thing it says in the Bible. The general gist, and we'll get back to it after the five minute break, is that you have to uh, stay strict to everything and remove it as much sin as possible in order to serve God. And when people look at pornography, when a, when a grown man is looking at a grown woman have sex on camera, you're still looking at someone's daughter and you're looking at a lot of times someone that is the product of pedophilia. So people will engage in going to strip clubs or looking at pornography, but then they, the moral compass is like, oh my God, look at the pedophiles. But in a way, anybody who looks at pornography is a form of a, uh, of a pedophile also. Let's, let's bank it all in. It's very simple. We're not gonna be talking about all this moral code and these standards right here. It's either Christ said so or Christ said no. Yay, powerful information. I totally agree with you. I, I, I get where he's coming from, but this this whataboutism uh, yeah. that that you know is is going a step too far. Sounds like that's part of his defense about not cutting ties with Balenciaga or defending them. But anyway, your thoughts on any of the things Kanye or what we saw from Kanye yesterday, the the masked man, the Lone Ranger. So so Jason, one of my sort of top line thoughts was. This is the reason a couple months ago I said Kanye is an unpredictable soldier. He's on the battlefield of the culture war, but on any given day, you don't know where he's pointing his gun. 
And, and I think one of the things that um, conservatives and, and including Christians need to learn is is not to to wholeheartedly um, uh, affirm, co-sign, or jump on the bandwagon of any person who happens to say a few things that we find to be true, right? And I think Kanye is an example of why being against the agenda of the left is is not enough. Um, because he was all over the place yesterday. I, I do agree with your point. The, the mask, um, to me, either indicates he's not being completely serious or he doesn't have the, the strength of conviction to stand on the words that he's saying. Because it's one thing to say something from behind you know, a shroud or with your face covered. It's another thing for everybody to be able to look into your eyes and tell exactly what it is that you mean when when you say the words that you're using. So th- there was a lot going on there. Um, one day he's 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 making a record where he's talking about, you know, protecting your daughters and keeping them safe and training your sons. And, and yesterday he's he's giving aid and cover um, to pedophiles by saying, well, it's really no different than pornography. Now, my thing is, if Kanye West was the type of person, right, who was making this type of connection sort of um, uh, consistently across the board, and he was talking about sexual sin and making the argument for biblical sexual ethics across the board, fornication, adultery, um, incest, uh, pedophilia, bestiality, um, you know, all these different types of sexual sins. And, and this was, was what he did as a matter of course. Then I say, of, he's, he's, he's got a high standard. But what it sounds like he's doing is saying, look, I, I have friends at Balenciaga. I like the designers. I don't want to throw them under the bus. I want to cancel, cancel culture. Let me try to find a way to um, redeem them, give them some cover. Uh, and, and that's not something that I, that I can get with. But I mean, he's 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 gone so far out there. I'm not sure what it is he's trying to do, what he's trying to accomplish. He's he's aligning himself with people who are completely unserious. Now, do I think that that Nick Fuentes and, and Milo is are threats? No. I mean, what, what are they going to do? Right. These they they talk a lot and their their words, um, I have no doubt, are influencing some corners of the Internet. But in some respects, um, allowing this, this uh, bursting this boil and allowing the pus to ooze out um, sort of in broad daylight is in some respects better than pushing it into the inner depths of the internet because what you, when you, what you do when you do the latter is you make my, uh, Milo <coughs> and Nick Fuentes into martyrs. You make them say, oh, look, they're trying to cancel me. They, they, uh, 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 the people, the powers that be don't want you to hear the truth that I have to say. But now it's like you, Alex Jones gives him a fair hearing. It's probably the first time in, in a generation that Alex Jones looked like the most reasonable person on a, on, a, on a broadcast. But now everybody knows that these guys are clowns, right? And, and unfortunately, Kanye West is putting himself into that category. Um, and, and that was the major thing that I, that I, that I got from his, from his interview. And then the, the feeling of he, he needs prayer. And I don't say this, and you know, Jason, a lot of times people say this is a throwaway line. All right, or or some sort of passive aggressive thing, no. Nah, but genuinely, he 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 needs prayer. He seems like he sounds like somebody who's in a dark place, and for as much as he holds up a Bible, he sounds like somebody who is spiritually dead and is not regenerate, um, and 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 needs um, to to repent of his sins 
and follow the Jesus that he claims to believe in. And, and I think that the role of, of the, the, the body of Christ, the church today is to pray for him and Alex Jones and Milo and Nick Fuentes um, because they, they are heading down a, a, a pretty dark path. I look at Kanye as <clears throat> potentially, not potentially, he's a cautionary tale mm. that we can use to really to take hip hop culture preaches. Oh boy, wait till you get this money, how happy you gonna mm-hmm. be. Oh, and you're gonna get the baddest girl at the strip club. Wait till you see how happy, you're gonna have the money, you're gonna have this, the baddest girl at the strip club, you're gonna have cars, you're gonna have jewelry, everybody's gonna know you, fame, blah, blah, and it is going to be unbelievable. And, and Kanye's proof like, nah, no, no you're not. And, and, and so I actually am fascinated in terms of how I'm going to be able to talk about Kanye and perhaps use it as part of a narrative because I, I can sit here on a far smaller scale. The demons that Kanye's fighting, I've been in the same battle. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, a belief that money and the right woman and oh, sex and attention and fame, and I can get in any restaurant and I got all this power. It's not satisfying. It's Mm. not edifying. It doesn't satiate anything. And and so I'm looking at Kanye, he's went full bore into that world, into the Hollywood cult. I go look at the music that he made before he started making some Christian music or whatever. And and he he sold his soul. And, and now as he tries, I think he's legitimately been trying to make an effort to walk away from all of that. And what people don't understand is that's like the mob. You don't just mm. walk away. Right. You, you kill yourself or they kill you. And that's what's been happening to Kanye. It's like he wants to get away. All right, no, we're going to take all this money away from you. We're going to take your wife away from you. And we're going to send a little Jewish man, Pete Davidson, over there. He's going to bang your wife and clown you. Chris Paul's going to come over and, and knock your wife off from time to time. And, and we're going to make a clown out of you. And, and so I look at Kanye and I still have sympathy for Kanye because what what we're seeing now is a man having everything that he thought was going to make him happy taken away from him. And he doesn't know. He, he thinks he knows or he, he, he's hoping that religious faith and Christianity, that Christian walk is going. But, but he just can't get there. And so I'm looking the man looks destroyed to me mentally. Mm. If, I, if you can't see your kids. You figured out, well, dang, I done married the biggest whore in, in Hollywood, and everybody was getting a piece of it. He's embarrassed, he's all that, and so he's bit, he's engulfed in bitterness. And so when mm. I hear him lashing out at Jewish people, I see a bitterness that he can't apply. He want, I, I love Hitler. Well, hold on, if you can love Hitler, how come you can't love these Jews? 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you want to apply Christian love in all directions, give it to these Jewish people that you keep trying to demonize. And but he's engulfed in, in it by bitterness. And that's what all of that materialistic uh, pursuit and money and fame and sex. It all just leads to bitterness. And he's drowning in it. Yeah, Jason, you made a, a fantastic point to, to start when you, you talked about um, just the, the, the sense that he's, he's starting to self-destruct. I, I'm, I'm feeling the same way about Kanye that I used to feel about Mike Tyson probably about 15 years ago, where I, where I felt if Mike Tyson gets to 45, it'll be a minor miracle because he was just exhibiting such self-destructive behaviors. And, and Kanye is on the same train. And one of the things, and I and I thank God for this. I know, you know, there was a, a couple months ago when I when I shared, you know, a tweet about you know, my own personal journey and you know, how I live when I was late twenties, early, you know, well, late twenties, because I got married at thirty. And people laughed and they said, "Oh man, this guy didn't have a couch, he didn't have a sofa." But even at that time, when I was less mature in my walk, um, I was content. I've I've never been jealous of anybody's life. Um, I've never looked at, at Hollywood stars and said, man, I, I, I want what they have. And part of the reason is because they all seem so miserable, right? They, they, a, a disproportionate number of them kill themselves, which is unfortunate, right? So, so the, the, the money is not, is not addressing you know, that, that inner turmoil. Um, a lot of them are hooked on drugs and alcohol. Um, a, a lot of them use sex to, to medicate themselves and to try to fill that God-sized void that, that's within all of us. Um, they, they claim to have superior knowledge and they've been exposed to this and they, they, they think that, you know, that they are many gods, little g, but their lives are not ones that are marked by peace and contentment. And, and you know, for quite some time, that's, that's, that's all I've wanted. And I know some people may think that that sounds boring, but... A lot of these guys, like they, they're just they're collecting stuff and, and no amount of stuff is ever going to fully and finally satisfy um, the, the types of needs that they have. Uh, and, and that's one thing. So and, and, and Jason, you know, you know, when we were younger, sometimes you see these commercials with, you know, um, telling you to donate to these poor kids in Africa and so on and so forth. I've never seen video from an African village in which the kids are sitting around scowling and complaining and and whining about how hard life is. Even the ones that are hungry tend to do, tend to um, ask for food from a spirit that that still has some sense of contentment. And more often than not, the, the children in these villages have have a, a song of joy. But in America, where there's where even the poor people are overweight. It doesn't matter how much stuff we amass. Somebody's always complaining. And one of the things that frustrates me, I was going to make this a column, but I could, I could say this in a couple of minutes. One of the things that frustrates me about, about Kanye, um, about Trump, about the, the, the first ladies of MSNBC, about the Don Lemons and the other people who are in the media, is that our so-called elites do not have righteous indignation when it comes to the problems of our society. Most of their time, most of the time that they spend complaining about stuff, it's not about the perversion of our children. It's not about abortion. It's not about crime. It's about what people say and do to them. They're completely narcissistic. 
their, their only concerns are about themselves. When they get when they get on TV and they get on their platforms, when it's Carrie Champion talking to, to Don Lemon, and, oh, but people didn't know something about my wigs and this, that, that, and the next. It's, it's always about what somebody is saying about them. And I, and I can't imagine this is how the so-called elites of yesteryear used to behave, right? Because they understood that with their authority came responsibility. Yes, there were, there's always gonna be a ruling class. Every society has hierarchy. But ours is, is a reflection of a society whose elites are completely self-absorbed. And that's why um, it, two years ago, when cities were burning, and, 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 you know, people of all different colors, you know, uh, uh, shop owners and, and small business owners were complaining and saying, look, we need help. Our businesses are being looted and burned to the ground. The people in Washington had nothing to say because it was serving their political agenda. But as soon as people came to their workplace and started breaking out some windows and ca- causing some commotion and causing some ruckus, now they want not only a full police force, but they finally found the, the political will to build a wall. And, and, and that is that is our elites in, in, in a single snapshot. It's always about them. And, and Kanye West is no different. And even when he talks about Jewish people, there you go. he starts talking, he starts talking about contracts. So what, what does that have to do with me? Diddy? When, no, no, when no, no. He, Here's my problem, Delano, because you went right to it, because that is what I was thinking like with, with Con- and I've had this hope, aspiration for Kanye. <laughs> Oh, he's going to be the pop culture guy. And he's going to open up a conversation, blah, blah, blah. But he's opening up a conversation about himself. He's right. narcissistic. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, this man has the world's attention, claims he's, Jesus is everything, Jesus is king. And so I'm like, well, this guy's got the perfect opportunity to, to go on TV and talk about Jesus. Why are you talking about Hitler? <laughs> Why are we talking about not? You can go talk about Jesus and make everybody talk uh, about Jesus. Yeah. Instead, you dirty up the conversation with Hitler. And, mm. and so that, that's the gimmick. That's the game that's played. And I want young people, you say, oh, I want to be an influencer. Oh, I want to be a celebrity. And once I make all this money, then I'm going to turn around and do all these things for God. That's not how it works. <laughs> No, you, you you start doing things for God right now, today, this minute. If you hear my voice, start doing things for God right now. Dedicate your life to that. And then if the riches do come, trust me, you're going to just shower it and use it to, to build the kingdom and to glorify God. But if you think, well, I'm going to go make this rap music and do all this satanic stuff. I'm going to hit this strip club and make all this money in a strip club. And then once I buy that house and get this car and I got the perfect husband or the perfect girlfriend, then I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. For G- it just doesn't work that way. Once nope. you put on the devil's shackles and chains, they real hard to get They're off. Hard to get off. I mean, real yeah. hard. I mean, because I, mean, like, I had to leave L.A. Just running away from him. It's hard. And everybody can't just pick up and say, I'm leaving L.A., I'm going to start someplace else. It's, and that's what Kanye's finding out. He got these shackles on, and he's not David Copperfield. He, he's not going, no. <laughs> them shackles ain't going to just fall off magically. And, and, and to your point, everybody thinks that when you amass a certain amount of money, that that's going to free you up, right? The quote-unquote F you money. But now, nah, what was more likely is F, F you poverty is what frees you up, because you have nothing to lose. 
And then there's the rare breed who says, I, I do have something to lose, but I'm willing to say it anyway, right? And and and, and not, not to toot my own horn, but sort of looking back on it, and I didn't realize it at the time, but that's exactly what I was doing. I was I was working in a, in a workplace in one of the most liberal cities in the country and saying things that I shouldn't have been saying, quote unquote, and doing it publicly. I've never written under a pseudonym. And part of the reason why is because I wanted to be able to stand by every single word I've ever said and not just stand up in the, in the court of public opinion, but stand before God and say, yes, yeah, said that. And if I got to get lashed for it, I, I got to get lashed for it. But but I but I, I didn't want to go and I didn't want to be Kanye West behind a mask, talking reckless, but not willing to look people in their face. But you know, for for me, it's like my life is simple on a personal level. I, I have a wife and, and children that I love, and I'm willing to to die for and sacrifice my life for. But then on a professional level, uh, all I've ever said, Jason, for ten years is, I think that black people. Black men and women should marry each other before they have kids, should get rid of garbage culture so that we are not promoting self-destructive and dysfunctional behaviors, and that we should endeavor to live in communities that are marked by peace and safety. That's it. And if I get called a coon for that, then so be it. But one thing I'm not going to do, and one of the the things I appreciate most about you is that you are not like these people. Every time I, I hear... Uh, uh, you know, the Jamel Hills of the world and even LeBron James's of the world. It's always a complaint about themselves. And I told my wife the other day, is like, if you ever catch me on TV talking about, oh, my life is so hard. People said it this and they sent me a coon meme and I'm, they got me tap dance like Daffy Duck. I'm like, please, please slap me privately, of course. But because I don't <laughs> I don't want to live like that. That's that's the, the point of of being of having an opportunity to, to speak to, to, the, to the masses, to the broader culture, is not so that everybody feels sorry for me. Because if you're that type of person and you're so sensitive that, that the uh, internet accounts with one word, with one follower, make you have to go in there and prove yourself, like some people that I, will remain nameless, who, who, who Roland Martin, but, but if you're that type <laughs> of person, right, you don't deserve to, to, you don't need to be speaking publicly about things. You should just talk to your family and friends, vent to them, write in your diary, and just go on and, and, and live a good life. But if you want to carry the mantle of leadership, everything can't be about you. And that's and that's one of the problems that Kanye has, has yet to solve. D, I got to keep it moving. I got to uh, get to Ali Best Stucky. Uh, have an awesome weekend. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, get your Fearless Army swag at shopblazemedia.com slash fearless. Alibeth Stucky. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Uh, time, perhaps, uh, for my favorite uh, segment ever on Fearless with Jason Whitlock. Uh, my favorite Blaze personality, uh, one of the strongest voices in the culture war, uh, is 
finally joining us here on Fearless, Ali Bestucky, the host of Relatable on Blaze TV. Uh, I, Ali's just great, and so uh, it, I'm a little late having her on the show, but I, I'm glad you made time for me today, Ali. And, and I want to go right to a topic that I would imagine you're, you're passionate about, uh, Balenciaga. And, and I want to bring it up this way uh, for me. It, it's, I've defended Kanye West's free speech mm-hmm. uh, over and over and over again, and, and still do to some degree. But he lost me yesterday when I read these reports. I wasn't able to watch the Alex Jones interview, and I didn't follow everything that went on on Twitter last night because I, w- I wasn't feeling the greatest. But I've read that he defended Balenciaga, uh, isn't going to back away from Balenciaga. And that is a line in the sand for me, uh, Balenciaga, and what's going on with kids and young people. And I wanted your thoughts. Yeah, you know, I guess I wasn't that surprised by this. Maybe I was. I don't know if you can be surprised by anything that Kanye West says these days because it's kind of all over the place. Of course, we can defend someone's free speech with out saying that everything that they say is right. When he's talking about canceling cancel culture against Balenciaga because he doesn't think that this has anything to do with child sex trafficking, I disagree with that speech that he put out there vehemently. I mean, he's actually talked about when he was complaining about how Kim uses their kids and posts them on social media. He has talked about before how he feels like young people in Hollywood and on social media are over-sexualized right on target. That's absolutely correct. But now, because it's Balenciaga, a company that he is a part of, that I don't know if he's making some kind of money from Balenciaga, he's defending them and saying this is not that big of a deal. Really? I mean, this is a huge deal. You are talking about a company who is not just putting kids in a situation that might be interpreted in some sexually suggestive way. You are talking about children, as you've already covered, as I have already covered, holding trinkets that have to do with a violent sex kink. Like, that's just as explicit as we can go here. That's what they're doing. The fact that they're even making a product that looks like a kid's toy that has to do with BDSM, And then they're putting that beside a child in an advertising campaign, making money off of that. And then all of the other things that we've discovered about the things that they have in the background of their photos. Really, Kanye West, that's the hill that you're going to die on. That's when cancel culture has gone too far. I mean, sure, we can be against cancel culture in the sense that I don't think that someone's livelihood should be destroyed just because you disagree with them politically. But Sure, we believe in canceling some things, right? Like we believe that some things are wrong. We believe that some things should be illegal. We believe that some things should be investigated, should carry accountability and consequences. I would say child exploitation is one of those things. If cancel culture comes for an entity because they are exploiting children, then I will cheer on that cancellation. And I'm disappointed, but again, maybe not totally surprised that Kanye West apparently doesn't agree with me on that. I, I would assume you know more about the fashion industry than I do. Not much. But what I do know, <laughs> what I do know about the fashion industry, is it does seem to be at the forefront about this extra level of sexual revolution we yeah. seem to be going through here in America. 
I started pointing this out probably four or five years ago. That there's a clothing line called Bonobos, and uh, they they st started making all this metro or clothing that's for men and for women. Mm -hmm. And then I went and looked up. I was like, "What does the word Bonobos mean?" And it's it's about an ape that's bisexual. And I started telling my friends like, the fashion industry yeah. is pushing all of this sexualization and all of this, let's throw all the rules out. And, and, and I look at athletes, NBA players, NFL players, they all seem to be into the fashion industry and walking into an arena is now a fashion show. And they've aligned themselves, Balenciaga, Bonobos, and all of these things that are pushing no sexual rules or boundaries. It's not by accident. Yeah, you know, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Why is it the fashion industry that seems to be on kind of the front lines of a lot of this perversion? And I think that there are a few reasons. Obviously, we just know the existence of evil, the existence of wickedness can pervade any industry. Um, but also, I think that you have a lot of people who are artists, and artists are obviously amazing and have incredible talent, but they are used to pushing the boundaries. Also, they just think differently. They're kind of odd very often. And so if you wed kind of the eccentricities that come with being an artist and how artists think with degeneracy and wickedness and evil, what you get is using artistry to depict perversion. And that includes exploitation. And a lot of these uh, companies like Balenciaga is really blatant in their, I mean, I'll just say it, Satan worship. Like the things that they display are openly, unapologetically, unabashedly demonic. That's not just my interpretation, but when you look at some of their fashion shows, how they have dirty or bloody babies, how they are creating these bears with BDSM gear and some of their models look like they've been beat up, I guess, in some kind of BDSM session. When you look at some of the designers that people have discovered, have designed for Balenciaga, who on their own Instagram pages have like devil worshiping depictions. I mean, you're talking about using artistry to actually worship Satan. And something that we see is a theme throughout history when it comes to blatant demonic worship is the sacrifice of children that goes all the way back to Malek in the Old Testament, uh, when Israel was actually sacrificing their own children to the false god of Malek. It is the same thing here today. It just has a high price tag. It has, in some cases, um, you know, high-end designers and pretty fabrics and flashy colors. And so people think because it looks nice and it's a status symbol or it makes them money, then it's a kind of evil and demon worship that they're willing to play around with. I, I not a, a ashamed to admit, I've had sympathy for Kanye West because having lived out in LA for 10 years and worked in the television industry, I do see Hollywood as a demonic cult. I think that Kanye joined the demonic cult. And I think that he's been trying to use Christian faith to unhook himself to that demonic cult. Hmm. I, I think the cost is a bit more than what he wants to pay because he, he's gonna have to sacrifice everything, all the money and things he's giving him. But do, do you have any sympathy or do you, think Kanye has had any legitimate interest in walking away from a demonic cult that he perhaps joined to have all that success? 
Well, you know, I'm not someone who pretends to really understand Kanye West. I know there are a lot of people who have been following him, listening to him for a long time, who really claim to kind of like understand how his mind works and all the different statements that he says and what he's really alluding to. I can't put myself in that category. I will say I was hopeful when uh, I think it was the Jesus is King album came out a few years ago, and it seemed really solid. A lot of the theology in those songs, I was like, yes and amen. I heard that he was being mentored by a pastor at a solid church who went to a very solid seminary in California. So yes, I had a lot of hope when he was doing those worship services. That was great. Um, And then, I mean, it kind of slowly started to change or to waver. And he was saying and doing a lot of the same things that he was doing before. That doesn't mean that Christians have to be perfect and that it has to be a straight line, you know, from A to B of sanctification and perfection. I'm not saying that, but it did kind of make me wonder, like, what is really going on behind the scenes? Is he still connected to this solid pastor? Is he going to a church? What is this theology like? And now I just can't. I can't pretend to understand like what is going on in his mind. I don't know how much mental health plays a part here. I have a really hard time grappling with how this has kind of all ended up. I can't judge, you know, completely the sincerity of his faith. I can hope that it's sincere and that God works in him like he works in all of us. There's no level of mental health that is too much of an obstacle for the Holy Spirit to work in and through. And so I hope that it's sincere and I hope that he turns back and I hope he sees, again, the truth of the gospel and that that transformation is real. What we're seeing right now, I think... Yes, has a lot to do with mental stuff, but look, it also has to do with spiritual warfare. We cannot discount the fact that Satan really hates when God wins souls and changes hearts. And so we can't discount the fact that there is obviously dark spiritual stuff going on in Kanye's life, in Kanye's mind. And that is a battle that unfortunately a lot of us are seeing play out. And it's really ugly in a lot of ways. And that's, you've taken me right where I wanted to go in terms of Kanye, to me, and people will hear this and be like, oh, but he's almost like a metaphor for what's going on with America. And and so part of my hope, we're like, man, can Kanye fight off these demonic demons? And maybe uh, that will be a signal that America can fight off these demonic demons, because I feel like we're losing that when our Congress is... Uh, passing the Respect for Marriage Act and calling it the Respect for Marriage Act when it's actually the federal government trying to redefine marriage, which comes from the Bible and and trying to codify same-sex marriage, I I look at America and say, wow, we're, we're really, the direction we're headed is really no different than the direction Kanye's headed. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that a lot of people's spiritual walk is the is a metaphor for the United States, a country that was founded on really good ideas and ideals, of course, was never perfect. But we were headed in a direction through multiple, you know, human rights victories and uh, basing our policies on the Constitution. We were heading in a direction that looked like flourishing for all kinds of people, no matter where you started. And somewhere along the way over the past, I would say in between 20 to 50 years, we have kind of rerouted in a direction of total insanity and darkness and depravity. So you're right. 
right. There is a metaphor or a parallel uh, to be shown there that, I mean, we're looking at a lot of these tweets that Kanye put out. and We're like, what are what are you talking about? You're putting a swastika in the star of David. Like, what is going on here? You look at America's depravity, how we have everything backwards, how we glorify evil, how we glorify wickedness, how we allow for child exploitation and things like that. I mean, anyone who spirals into some kind of like state of absolute chaos, which is what Kanye West Twitter timeline looked like, is a good metaphor for the United States because we have also spiraled into disorder, into disarray, into depravity and to chaos. So I'm with you. I think there's some kind of parallel there. Okay, you're such a obvious, strong leadership in this spiritual war, cultural war we have going on. I I saw, uh, I think in the last 24 hours, 48 hours, you tweeted something about uh, some stats about marriage and happiness for women. And and you seem, you argue pretty strongly for family and traditional marriage. How do you balance that traditional roles, marriage, with also being a leader and on the front line. Cause yeah. again, I, I, again, you're authentically my favorite personality on the, on the blaze. Thank you. I get, C- Carrie Lake uh, was my favorite politician uh, this yeah. past election cycle. Uh, Kathy Barnett before her, you know, she lost out to Dr. Oz and uh, yeah. what's his name, Sean Hannity and these guys. Yeah. So I get very excited about strong women, leadership in the political space and sphere, but then I I go back as a patriarch or believing in male leadership, and I don't know how to balance the two. Yes, so there are leadership roles that I would not take and I would not seek because I don't think that I am suited for them, one, and two, because my priority is my family and being a mom. And that is one beautiful thing about what we do, what you and I do, is the flexibility and the freedom that comes with that. There is a very um, purposeful reason that my husband and I never moved to New York, never moved to D.C., never moved to L.A., even when we had the opportunities to do so, why we... Uh, live in a suburb, why we go to a small church, why we live close to my family, um, why I spend so much time at home, why I say no to so many things and why my husband has the job that he does. Uh, Because while I do feel called to do what I do and to speak about the things that I speak about, um, at the end of the day, I, my number one priority is being a wife and a mom. And, you know, I always knew that as someone with a really strong, I have a strong personality and I'm opinionated. I like to persuade people. I've always known that I want to speak in front of people literally my entire life. I've always known that this is going to be something that is challenging for me as a Christian woman who also understands, like, I don't believe that women can be um, pastors of churches. I do believe that the Bible is very clear that why are to submit to their husbands as to the Lord. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved themselves. People freak out about that, but they can read Ephesians 5 that, look, it's going to take sanctification. It's going to take effort. I knew it was going to take marrying the right person for me to be the kind of Christian woman that the Bible calls me to be while still stewarding my gifts in the way, in a way that glorifies God. So 
there's a lot of different, I think a lot of different ways that we do that. And I just explained some of them, but it's also realizing that everything is a season that right now I'm able to do this podcast and I'm able to be a mom and spend a lot of time at home, praise God. But in a few years, you know, when my kids start school, I might not be able to do this as much and everything submits to and defers to my first responsibilities as a Christian wife and mom. Um, And I probably don't, I mean, I definitely don't do that perfectly, but I think it's figuring out, okay, how does God want me to use these talents and use the platform that he has given me without compromising the priorities that I know he has laid out for me in scripture. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act and I, I, I don't do it perfectly, but I try by the grace of God. And so how does that philosophy apply when you look at a Carrie Lake yeah. and, and how should I apply to my view? Because I, I'm, I loved Carrie Lake and was yeah. like, oh, I, I hope one day she's president. And I'm like, should I think that? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a that's a tough question for me, too, that I've thought about that. You know, I reflexively like have the same thoughts about strong female leaders. I have no problem. Like, you know, Christy Noem, like there are a lot of strong female leaders that I'm like, hey, I really like them. I'm glad they're saying that. I'm glad they're fighting the culture war and I'm not going to count anyone out because we need more voices, not fewer. And uh, like, I, it, it's tough, though. It is tough. I think it depends on the stage of life that they're in. It depends on the other responsibilities that they have. Um, and it depends on what other contenders come to the table too. I don't think that biblically, and there are probably some people who would disagree with me on this and probably some people on your show that would disagree with me on this. I don't think biblically women are forbidden from being president or from being public sector leaders. I think it is possible for them to do that in a God glorifying way, but again, without neglecting other roles and responsibilities that they have. But that's also true of men in the in a different way that I don't think that a man 30 years old has four little kids I don't think that it is right of him to abandon his family and his responsibility as a dad to go to Washington DC just to be a senator like I also don't think that that's right I think that you are actually abandoning a primary responsibility that you have as a father in doing that but if you can find a way to do both in a way that glorifies God I think that's important so I think that's true for men or for women. Men and women are different, though. That is one thing that we have to like hold to as Christians, as conservatives, that a female leader is not going to be able to do the same things that a male leader can. We have different we have different makeups like we have different strengths. We have different weaknesses that can be good. That can be bad. But they're not the same Men and women are not interchangeable. So just something to consider. So. This is like a counseling session for me. I'm going to extend it by asking about like pop culture and movies and TV shows. I complain about them a lot on this show. I, I, you know, and particularly as an African-American, our culture is so matriarchal, so dominated by women. When I go see the movie The Woman King. I get real upset. It's real hard for me to sit through that. Yeah. Uh, Wakanda Forever, the, the new Black Panther, and everything is the, the, the TV show, The Equalizer. Everything is this black woman, this warrior king. She's going to save us. She's this greatest thing in the world. It really bothers me. But and, and when I complain about it, I'll hear from white guys that will say, Jason, same thing's going on in our culture, and it bothers us as well. What do you see What do you uh, about this 
push for female heroes and just uh, uh, flipping upside yeah. down the roles between men and women in popular culture. Look, no one really wants a matriarchy. No one wants a matriarchy. Women don't even want a matriarchy. A matriarchy wouldn't be possible because women would never let it happen. They would be so busy trying to tear down the woman that's taking their spot that it would never even be accomplished. That is one beautiful difference between men and women is that I think men have a better ability to duke something out and to even like throw hands and to get over it. And women hold grudges and you know, have resentment and have bitterness and jealousy and pettiness, I think a lot more sometimes than men do. So I'm not afraid of like a true actual matriarchy taking hold because women are too busy tearing each other down to ever build that. And I also don't think that it's something that is appealing or attractive. Look, a part of human nature, whether we think so or not, is for security and is for stability. There is something in male strength that offers defense and security that female strength can't can't we do a lot of great things we can protect and nourish and grow and maximize in a lot of beautiful ways according to the gifts that god has given us but we simply do not have the same strength the same aggression and the same mindset the same ability to compartmentalize uh that men do and so when women and children lead a society it will lead to vulnerability that's why other especially non-western countries understand that they understand human nature in some ways I think a lot better than we do and are unafraid to say that. Um, and so I know, I know what you're talking about. And I just don't even think that even from a Hollywood perspective that people really like it. Because if you look at a lot of the movies with a heroine, rather than a strong male hero, they don't typically do as well. Like those people aren't nece necessarily hoisted up as like cultural icons. It's just not as popular because it's not part of human nature. I like strong women, but strong women who are strong in their femininity, who own who they are as women, not women trying to be men. I think it's just kind of embarrassing and really cringy whenever I see a woman trying to be a man. Like you even see woman king. Why Why is it woman king? Why isn't it queen? Like they're even just trying to like take on the words of masculinity rather than just being women themselves and it'll never work. So Listening, and I know your audience is aware of this uh, and knows this, but I don't, and I'm thinking some of my audience doesn't. How did you grow up? Did you grow up in a very traditional home? And, and then when, when I hear you talk about you've always known you want to speak, you've always, you got a forceful person. Were you an athlete? H how did you grow up? What, what yeah. made Ali Stucky what, who she is? Yeah, so it's actually kind of interesting because my haters online will say that I'm a fundamentalist Christian and that I was raised in like a fundamentalist household, which is hilarious because I was not at all and I am not. Um, what they typically mean by fundamentalist is just that I take the Bible seriously. They would call you a fundamentalist too. They call everyone a fundamentalist who believes in the biblical definition of marriage and sexuality, morality, and all of that. But I was raised by Christian conservative parents who always voted Republican, who were conservative and, you know, always. And I was raised in the church, Southern Baptist and all that good stuff. But at the same time, I was also told from a very early age, you know, for better and for worse, that you can do anything that you want to do, um, that you are talented, that God has given you gifts and you should pursue those. I think a lot of the reason why I wanted to speak in front of people, my parents in a lot of ways were entrepreneurs 
And we went to a lot of like business development conferences and there were a lot of speeches given. I was always around a lot of adults, a lot of successful adults, a lot of adults giving speeches. And so I was around this kind of like this world a lot. And I think that I was inspired by it in a way. I think being around so many adults when I was younger and the, the youngest of three too, also kind of helped develop this in me. But my parents told me from a very early age to dream about what you want to do, to goal set and what you want to do and then accomplish that. But at the same time, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and we had like a very stable and normal life in that sense. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do too. Like I knew I always wanted to get married young. I got married at 23. I knew I wanted to have kids pretty quickly after that. And so I did that. So I was raised in maybe what is considered like a traditional kind of evangelical 80s and 90s home, where on the one hand, you've got like capitalism, success, entrepreneurship, and on the other hand, Christian conservatism, And my parents kind of really wedded that together to create what you see here today. Um, So yeah, like I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for a lot of it. Um, Definitely not like a fundamentalist household, uh, household that cared about success, cared about, you know, pursuing financial independence, cared about working for yourself and not for a boss for the rest of your life, but also one that had conservative and traditional and family values. I ask about you being a, maybe an athlete or something growing up. Not an athlete. Of, not. Not okay. No. All right. Well, then I wish. I, I still. I, I would think then your thick skin, uh, because you take a lot of blowback over social media. Because, wow, you say exactly what you think, and you don't care. And so you, they can call you any name, and you don't care. And so I would imagine that thick skin and that toughness comes from. You take your identity in Christ, you're very comfortable with that, and so you could care less Mm -hmm. what anybody has to say about you or whatever misinterpretations they may have of your opinion. Yeah, and and you know this, as someone who gets a lot of blowback too, your skin also develops over time. Yes, of course, it's who you are in Christ. Yes, of course, it's your family. That's huge for me. The fact that I have parents, like that my, the the fact that I have a dad who will pick up the phone and call me and just say, hey, I just want you to know that your tweets are amazing today. Like, I know that seems really small, but having those people in my balcony is what we call it in my family, cheering me on. Having those people in my corner who at the end of the day are going to be like, yeah, that person was stupid for calling you a name. You are absolutely right. I'm like, that changes it. So of course it's that, but also it's developing over time. It's like, okay, I said something and I got this onslaught of hate. I'm still here and it's still true. I said this thing and then I got all these mean messages. I'm still here and it's still true. And also giving the positive affirmation of people I get these kind of messages all the time from people saying, I started listening to you because my friend introduced me to you and I was so angry and I hated what you had to say. And I thought that you were a bigot and a homophobe and all this stuff. And now my mind has changed. I get that message. I probably wouldn't be doing this if I did not get that kind of message or comment all the time. So that makes it so worth it. All of that stuff, family, friends, community, like my identity in Christ, but also the little reminders along the way of, hey, God used you to change my mind on that. I used to think that too. And now I don't. I'm like, you know what? Y'all can call me whatever you want to. Media Matters can take this interview, splice it up. They can lie about me. That just gets me more views. I believe totally in the sovereignty of God that he uses whatever someone means for evil for the good of those who love him. And 
if he wants to use me in that regard, then I'm thankful for it. And as soon as he doesn't want to use me in that regard, I'll be thankful for it too. Um, Just kind of keeping that head on your shoulders and keeping yourself grounded, not getting caught up in media drama either. I just think it, it really helps. It really helps. And I enjoy doing what I do. Like I just find like a lot of fun and a lot of joy in it. Um, And I'm thankful for that because it keeps me going. And so and this will we'll, we'll end on this, but I'm so amazed by that because I see so many people who believe all the same things you do, things I do, but it's just like they'll pick and choose. They'll be like, well, no, nah, I'm not going to say that because it's just not worth it. Even though I want to say it, the, the blow, I know I'm going to get 100 tweets calling me a racist uh, or calling me homophobic. And so it's just not worth it. And I read your feed and I go, she doesn't pick and choose. She just says <laughs> what she thinks. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and the, I'm telling you, the only person I really know like that is me. <laughs> and I'm a weirdo because I've never cared. Yeah. Never cared well, that's what amazing. people have thought about me. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I, it's I do. It's never happened. That's incredible. That's a great character trait. I There are things I pick and choose to talk about based on the energy that I want to expend, like based on the capacity that I have. Like, I don't think I really said anything about the Kanye stuff until right now, not because I didn't care because I was worried about offending, but because I was like, I just, I was on a three hour flight yesterday. I was like, I don't have the energy right now to try to follow all the stuff that he is saying. So I do pick and choose in that regard. But you know what? I know that we've got to close out, but let me tell you about just Briefly, the pivotal point for me, there were there have been a few points that I jokingly say radicalized me over the years. But what I mean by that is just like toughened me really fast and helped me see things I think as they are. You can call them a red pill or whatever. One was Kavanaugh a few years ago when I saw that the people that are on the other side of the aisle will do absolutely anything. Doesn't matter how dark, doesn't matter how evil, doesn't matter how deceitful, <coughs> do anything to win. That woke me up to the nature of all of this. Okay, COVID woke me up. But you know what really woke me up and made me say, I do not care anymore, was the George Floyd thing. Summer of 2020, when I saw so many professing Christians buy into the lies of social justice because of the emotionalism attached to that, and I decided I'm going to be the only one in my white evangelical woman's sphere to say, no, I'm not posting a black square. I'm not going to go along with that. And I got more hate than I've ever ever gotten, but also more support than I've ever gotten. I said, okay, you know, I, I basically, I threw my hat in the ring. I'm willing to go at it. I don't care what you call me. That I think really kind of changed my perspective on what I'm willing to say. Mm, I wasn't expecting the George Floyd thing. That That's really good and fascinating. It makes it, I want to ask one more question now as well. Just any, uh, who do you look around the internet or YouTube or TV, any role models out there, people that have inspired you, or maybe there's some peers out there that you like, I really like their work as well. Gosh, I take so much from so many people. Some people that people know, like you, like Matt Walsh, like Delano Squires, like Katie Faust. And, but then there's a lot of people that previously, like, 
people didn't really know about. I think you've had probably both Daryl and Virgil on your show before. A few years ago, when I started listening to them, they were a lot smaller than they are now. And awesomely, they have grown so much and their platform has grown. There's also an an author named Nancy Piercy, who I think talks very clearly culturally and theologically about all of the different moral issues that we're facing today. Also, I know that this is like crazy, both for you and me, who would never consider ourselves feminists. But there are some women who consider themselves feminists who are completely unrelenting and just even like harsher in a good way and clearer than anyone on the trans issue. Um, There are some who called who uh, started an outlet called Redux, who I mean, they are just hammering this issue over and over again. And even though I disagree with them on a lot of things, like, I'm really thankful for that. I find that the internet is full of fascinating, interesting, smart people. Warren McIntyre, he just joined The Blaze. That's the name that he goes by. And uh, he has a lot of interesting writing. Pedro Gonzalez has a lot of interesting writing. The American Principles Project. I mean, I could really go on and on. Like, there's so many smart and fascinating people who have helped shape what I think about things today. Um, I Tucker Carlson, especially during the whole, like, COVID and George Floyd thing. I mean, my husband and I every night were like, oh, what's Tucker going to say? So man, there's a lot of people who have really shaped my ideas over the past couple of years. Allie, thank you so much uh, for taking the time and helping me get through today. Thank uh, you. I don't feel Hope the greatest, feel but it was great engaging with you. Yes, thank I you. will. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you know, Allie's little final statement there about, you know, like surprising people that jump on board with you reminds me of and that you have respect for she was talking about feminists but uh, tucker's had on this woman uh from gays against groomers and uh the first time i saw her on tucker carlson's show uh she used the phrase the alphabet mafia and i was like well come on alphabet mafia that's my thing that's my saying i'm like this woman watches or hears my show or has heard me or seen me on Tucker and she's out there throwing my pet phrase around. And, I'm, and so this time will make uh, unique allies. Uh, but hey, thank you guys so much uh, for sticking with me this week. Thank you, Allie, for uh, helping me end the week on a high note. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. It's my obligation, no hate, discrimination Raising up your hands for freedom Raise up your hands for freedom I just want, I wanna be, I 